0: Once again, it is our pleasure to bring you the music of the church throughout the ages on Heart and Soul. This is David Evans hosting your program for today. Thanks for tuning in on our program. We'll hear a message a little later with lots of great music. Let's start today with a song from a CD called 16 Great Hymns, in which anonymous singers bring us various songs. Here's the one which has great confidence in who holds the future. It's called, actually, I Know Who Holds the Future. was an english choir and congregation with hallelujah sing to jesus this is heart and soul now to some history back around 1960 in a launceston tasmania radio station some men and one of their wives got together and were known then as the gospel singers they cut three lps and from one of them thanks to one of our tasmanian listeners who sent them to us we hear a song with a lovely melody but certainly a great title it's called the unveiled christ
1: Blessed Christ, of oh beauty, was veiled from human view. But through suffering, death, and sorrow, he has rent the veil in two. O oh, behold, the man of sorrow, The mighty conqueror, since he rent the veil in two. two. There he stands, the mighty conqueror, since he rent the veil. i
2: so
0: was the collingsworth family with the old favorite since jesus came into my heart we'll return shortly with our feature hymn today and more music on heart and soul playing the music of the church throughout the ages this is heart and soul this is david evans hosting your program for today benjamin rhodes was born at mexborough yorkshire in 1743 and died at margate in 1815 He was brought under the influence of Christian faith by the preaching of George Whitfield, the great preacher, in 1766. Rhodes was the son of a schoolmaster and received the elements of a good education in his youth. He was for many years a Wesleyan minister, having been sent forth to preach by John Wesley. He contributed several hymns to a children's hymn book, but very few of these are now in common use. His hymns were based around a particular theme. They include Children, your parents will obey, which was about duty towards parents. Come let us join our God to praise, and Thou shalt not steal thy neighbor's right, which was a lesson against stealing. But his best-known hymn is the one we feature today, My Heart and Voice I Raise, sung to us by the Melbourne Praise Choir and produced by Resource Christian Music. From the heart of Dottie Rambo came the song, He Looked Beyond My Fault. The favorite singer with some of our listeners is Tennessee Ernie Ford. Here he is from his double CD, Amazing Grace, with Face to Face. You're with Heart and Soul, the music of the church throughout the ages, with David Evans today. You know, if there's one universal language today,
3: it's music, particularly songs of inspiration. The music of a nation's hymns conveys an emotion that is easily understood by all. Certainly, there's no other man-made thing more capable of inspiration. Face to face with Christ my Savior Face to face, what will it be? Where? With rapture I behold him, Jesus Christ, who died for me. Face to face I shall behold him, far beyond the starry sky. in all his glory I shall see him by and by only faintly now I see him with the darkening veil A blessed day is coming when His glory shines. Face to see and know face to face with my Redeemer Jesus Christ, who loves me so. Face to face, I shall be.
2: and soul.
0: Salvation Army Choir, then produced by Gordon Lorenz with the hymn Fight the Good Fight. Playing the music of the church throughout the ages, this is Heart and Soul. 1st Kings chapter 8 we have the account of the dedication of the temple in Jerusalem and in 1st Kings chapter 8 verse 56 we read the prayer of Solomon where he said praise the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel just as he promised not one word has failed of all the wonderful promises he gave through his servant Moses today we're going to be looking at the subject of keeping promises and commitments and you can't talk about promises without the word integrity coming up. This will inevitably get us to look at God and His wonderful capacity at keeping all His promises. Well, what's a promise? Well, the dictionary defines a promise threefold. Firstly, it's a promise is a declaration that something will or will not be done given by the promise giver. Number two, it's an express assurance on which expectation is to be based. Promises that an enemy will not win, for example. And number three, It's something that has the effect of an express assurance, an indication of what may be expected. Promises may be given at any time, and one of the greatest examples of making promises is to be found in the wedding ceremony when husband and wife promise each other certain things, especially faithfulness. The promises that people make are often to suit their purposes in the short term. That's why there are so many divorces when either one or both parties throw their promises to each other out the window. A group of people least likely to be believed when they make promises are politicians, of course. A lot of the time, the trouble with politicians is that they do not really know whether they will be in a position to fulfill some promises, but in order to lure voters their way, they often make these promises anyway. It's really unwise to promise anything unless you absolutely know you are going to be in a position to fulfill what you promise. Most people would rather hear someone say something like, If I am in a position to do this or that at the time, I will. But I cannot say with absolute certainty that I will be able to do what you want. Therefore, I am not making any promises. The teaching of Jesus and the Bible was to put a high premium on saying yes to something. Jesus actually taught that we are to let our yes be yes and our no, no. Of course, you couldn't have a marriage without those promises because marriage is a union based on commitment. When God made covenant with Israel, he promised many things, and Israel promised to treat God as an exclusive God. God treated his relationship to Israel as a marriage which included faithfulness. The kind of promise the people made was to keep the Ten Commandments then. The words of the people in unison was the promise, All that the Lord has said we will do. A powerful Christian organization in America, formed and running for many years now, has the interesting title, Promise Keepers. The manifesto of the organization is based on seven core promises. And to be a member of the organization, you have to acknowledge these seven promises. I won't go through those seven promises altogether, but they're all about commitment commitment to Jesus Christ, commitment to vital relationship, commitment to practicing spiritual, moral, ethical, and sexual purity, and so on and so on. In the Bible, breaking covenant promise led to God divorcing Israel, yet still with the promise of restoration if they came to him through Jesus Christ. I don't want to concentrate on man's promises today, but God. And to ask the question, does God always keep his promises? To start with, God's promises are all to be found in the Bible. So if you want to know what these promises are, you must take time to read the Bible. So many people are discouraged, defeated, and fail to experience many blessings because they are ignorant of what those promises are. God's promises cover everything and more of what you and I will ever have to face while we are alive in this third dimension on planet Earth. How often do we claim God's promises as our own, only to be bitterly disappointed that what we've been promised doesn't come to pass when and how we think it should? And how often are we tempted to believe that God doesn't care about us, or He doesn't care about our situation, or He doesn't keep His promises, or that He's mad at us for something? And how many times have we been tempted to think something like this? God must not be powerful enough to bring about my miracle. When you aren't in such a situation, this list of accusations doesn't make any sense at all. They're easily recognized for what they are. Lies. Lies planted in our minds by the father of lies in whom there is no truth. Lies planted by the only one who really desires that you not trust God. Yet, how easily we are made to espouse such thoughts in our times of trouble. Let us therefore take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Let's analyze each and every thought we attempted to think. Ever asking ourselves these questions, is this thought in accordance with what I have learned about God in Scripture? My friends, if the answer is no, then it's simply a lie designed to lead you astray and sway your faith. For you know that your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour, as Peter said. The answer? Be self-controlled and alert, says Peter. Resist him standing firm in the faith. Let me tell you about King Balak of Moab who tried to employ the rebellious Israeli prophet to go and curse Israel. Balaam tried and found out that he could not succeed in cursing Israel because God had sealed Israel inside a blessing covenant and no curse could come near them, even if spoken by a prophet of the Lord. Satan wants to curse you, but the Lord has set you inside the blood of Jesus and the new covenant. No curse can come near your dwelling, for the Lord has given his angels charge over you to protect you in all your ways, lest at any time you should even dash your foot against a stone. So Balaam sent a message to Balak that his curses would not work, And then he added these wonderful words in Numbers 23, verse 19. God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? Listen, I received a commandment to bless. God has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. No misfortune is in his plan for Jacob. No trouble is in store for Israel, for the Lord their God is with them. He has been proclaimed their king. God brought them out of Egypt, for them he is as strong as a wild ox. No curse can touch Jacob. No magic has any power against Israel, for now it will be said of Jacob what wonders God has done for Israel. These people rise up like a lioness, like a majestic lion, rousing itself. They refuse to rest until they have feasted on prey, drinking the blood of the slaughtered. So Balak said, Well, if you can't curse Israel, don't bless them. Balaam replied this, I can only do what the Lord tells me. What does the Lord say of his people? I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. What are some of the promises of God? We couldn't cover them all, but let's look at some of the core promises, knowing that God is faithful to all of them. Firstly, there is the promise of eternal life. That's not a promise that remains to be fulfilled. It was yours the moment you came to Christ. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. Not will have, but have it right now. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already passed from death unto life. If we have the promise of eternal life, physical death at any stage is not an end to something. It's the entrance to the fullness of that life which we already have eternal life has a four-dimensional quality about it and it's within your three-dimensional body right now that's a promise that the lord has already kept it's not something we have to wait for it's something we have right now well there are other promises and we'll talk about them more of them next time but let me dwell on that first one today the promise of eternal life jesus died on the cross jesus paid the price for all of your sins past present and future You need to come to him today. You need to be reassured if you've already come to him that all of your sins have been washed away and that the promise of eternal life is yours through Jesus Christ our Lord. And if you haven't received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you haven't acknowledged and received for yourself that payment that has been made for your sins upon the cross, they can all be rolled away today. You can pass right in one moment of time from death into life. Right now, you can have eternal life. Eternal life is like a river, a river that flows from a source. The source, of course, is heaven. And as that river flows along, certain people may dive into it at a given point. That means that that life has always existed and it's been manifested. When you get into it, eternal life starts for you right at that very moment. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, that is, though he were standing by the side of the river, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. You never truly die. you be with him for all eternity. So may I say to you today, as we look at the promises of God, this is the greatest promise of all, the promise of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If you are assured that you already have that in you, You can be changed. You can be born again in a given moment, in one moment of time. You can be changed from glory to glory. May I say to you today, if you haven't received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, why don't you ask him right now to come into your heart? Just a simple prayer. Nothing extreme, nothing religious. Just a simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for my sins and you paid the price for every sin that I've ever committed or will commit. And I come to you today today and receive you as my Lord and Savior, and that great sacrifice that you have made. That's a simple prayer. Just pray it today, and you can know that promise of eternal life. Well, next time we'll have a look at some more promises in the Word of God, but I just want you to know this as I close this message today. Every promise in the book belongs to the people of God. And we used to sing that song, Every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line, all the blessings of His love divine. Every promise in the book is mine. Receive him today. That's my prayer for you. And if you would like to write to us, we will be happy to receive your message, your letter, your email. We'll give you the address at the end of the program. May God bless you today. In Jesus' name. Amen. his wonders to perform we'll have some more
3: wonderful worship music soon on heart and soul
0: let's hear the gaither homecoming folk with what a lovely name From the Songs of Praise program we heard the hymn, I Heard the Voice of Jesus Say. Well now let's have a piano version from King Collinsworth of the great hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. of Paris, from an album dedicated to the compositions of Andre Crouch, I don't know why Jesus loved me, but you can know that he does, my friend. Why not come to him today and find his great love for you? Thanks for being with us today on Heart and Soul. Our speaker and your host today was David Evans, and thank you for being with us. If you've been blessed by Heart and Soul, why not drop us a line? Our email address is heartandsoulmusic at bigpond.com. We have a website. It's heartandsoul.org.au. Or you might like to write to this radio station in appreciation for them bringing us to you. Heart and Soul is an Australian program.